AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was kind of a really beautiful mess. Yeah. You know, I, I just like thinking back into that little square foot apartment. I was broke out of my mind, DJing $200 a gig, sometimes $100 a gig every day than I possibly could. Honestly, God, those little $100 to $200 gigs saved me. Saved me. Saved me. What if I told you there was more to the story behind game-changing events? Get ready for my new podcast, That Moment with Damon John. We'll jump into the personal stories of some of the most influential people on the planet, from business moguls and celebrities to athletes and artists. What's up, everybody? It is Damon John here. Now, I'm actually traveling and creating a lot of those That Moment special times with my family because... One of the things I do regret is that earlier in my career, I never traveled with my family. I never took that time out. And the biggest question or the biggest challenge that you're always going to ask yourself or have is work-life balance. And if you don't have both of those, you're in trouble. But I don't want to forget about you because I'm going to play for you something that I pulled out of the vault. 
something that I actually use often and listen to myself probably every three or four months. It is an interview with my buddy Steve Aoki. Steve is the cake-throwing superstar DJ that performs all around the world for hundreds of thousands of people at a time. And maybe you've gotten hit by him with a cake, or maybe you've seen him on social media, or maybe you've seen him in person. But let me tell you something about this man. He is no joke. He's a global phenomenon. But here's the challenge Steve had. Steve grew up with money. His parents had money, and that actually hindered him. Now, if you would talk about yourself, you would say to yourself right now, you know what? If I had unlimited money, what would I do? Well, sometimes that can be your biggest problem, and people don't want to do anything for you. They want you to pay for everything, and even when you pay for everything, they want to take it from you and say you didn't deserve it. And Steve had to activate the power of broke. So here you go. Check out my interview of that moment with Steve Aoki that I still reflect on and I go and listen to from time to time to energize me and I'm sure it will energize you. And by the way, some of these pieces in this interview, I've never put out at all to anybody, but the pieces that I did put in The Power of Broke ended up becoming a chapter and the book became a New York Times best-selling book. So trust me, there are gonna be nuggets in there that you are going to absolutely love. Thank you for listening to that moment with Damon John. Peace. What's up? I'm Damon John, and I'm sitting here with my buddy, uh, Steve Aoki, the world-famous uh, EDM DJ um, and producer and, and everything else, and an amazing individual that I've gotten to know. And when I wanted to highlight individuals in my Power or Broke book, I wanted to uh, really talk to individuals from all walks of life. And the beautiful thing about Steve is that uh, Steve made it on his own. He exercised the power of broke, uh, from day one to even now when he decides to go into new ventures. But I want to just ask him a couple of questions and, and let you get to know him and see how he exercised the power of broke. So thanks, Steve. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Grant me the interview. Now, um, you know, tell me a little story. I don't know if everybody knows, but, uh, you know, you have a, a pretty rich background and I know that your parents, uh, you know, your dad, especially, I create a business, and can you just talk to us a little bit about uh, the business that he had? Yeah. Uh, so my father, he founded Benny Hala Restaurant. Yeah, and that's um, my favorite spot. And uh, his story is incredible. So he, I'll, I'll just give a brief of that really quick, because that, that his story um, really ends up becoming a big, big, like, play into my my life. Okay. Um, so he, he came from Japan to... New York, uh, to, to wrestle for Japan, I think for the Olympics. And he, I'm not sure if he defected, but he ended up staying in New York, I think illegally. So for some point he was young, he's in his twenties and he wanted to be, he wanted to live in America. So, I mean, he was a ice cream man he was living in Harlem for a couple of years, his ice cream man out there. And he went through a lot of hardship. This is like in the 40s or right. 50s. I don't know what, what year. It's like long, you know, years and years ago. Um, or maybe, I'm not sure the year. But, uh, it, was, it was definitely at a time when World War II passed and, and there was like a lot of discrimination against Japanese, obviously, during that time. Yes, yeah, so of the bodies. So he was out there on his own and he was broke and he, he would find tools, whatever way he could make money. And, and, uh, eventually he raised enough money. He made enough money, got some help from his father to come and, and, uh, open up Benihana's in New York. 
and um and his father came out brought the chefs out and they they actually created that concept teppanyaki in america for the very first time uh, the idea of cooking entertaining guests japanese food to you know to like a republic it became a success and you know the rest is history for him eventually it's a republic so when i i grew up i i was born in 77 at that time my my dad was he was uh he was like he was hip hop. He was already established. He was already yeah the big thing. He was like he went, I think he went public. He was buying cars. Okay, I think he had chains. I mean, he was <laughs> he, he was hip hop. Yeah, like nightclubs. You know, uh, he was like single, but he was married. You know, all right, all right. and <laughs> you know, my mom eventually realized that and divorced and right. fled to the other side of the country. Okay, and raised me in Newport Beach, California. So I grew up on the other side of America, okay. and. uh but, you know, I grew up under the shadow of a successful father, you know, who wrote like books on making in America, things like that. And um, uh, as I grew up, my mom raised me in a very, in a completely different lifestyle. You know, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't get raised in the New Jersey mansion. You know, I was raised in a very comfortable upper class neighborhood, Newport oh. Beach in the suburbs. So don't worry, it's not like we, I was like saying I'm broke. Can? But like that is definitely comfortable and definitely living in, in a very uh, upper class neighborhood. And um, I grew up and, you know, I, you know, I faced my own level of, of dealing with discrimination and, and racism and, you know, at that at an early age. But that, that level, that feeling of being, of not being part of the status quo or like the, the normal kids, whatever the, the normal kids were, pushed me to eventually find other marginalized kids that that all kind of came together. Like we don't care if those kids don't like us. We're gonna like fight our. We're gonna do our own thing. And was this in Newport? And yeah, this was in Newport. And and then that's where I found this. Like we we're talking about this really this this hardcore punk um, lifestyle. So like. Whatever we, we we became, I be I became vegetarian. I I like started like um, educating myself in that world. I was just going to shows and punk shows, and these are punk shows. Now I know that, and you know, listen, there's no there's no no way should ever frown against what a child is is born into, whether it's uh you know, whether it's family of wealth or as a family that at the moment doesn't have any money. I know that the people that. Uh, are generally wealthy, there's two forms of how they may raise their children. There is either, I work for it very hard and I want you to to follow the same disciplines and I'm not going to give you anything. Or there is, hey, I had to work so for it so hard that I don't ever want you to do that. And I want to give you the education, right? Um, going into that punk world, it's a very rebellious world. It, it It's its own version of hip hop. It's its own version of, you know, it, you know whatever it is. They generally frowned upon the kids that, you know, that, that had that, things, yeah, that had resources and that, you know, access. And um, how did you manage to navigate that and gain respect? And uh, you know, why did they value you in that world? In in that world, it's all about like how much you give back to the community. Okay. So the people that don't give back to the community are just not really respected. So whether you are created, whether you're in a band, you make music, whether you write a fanzine, whether you uh, 
uh, organize events so that bands can come play. Right. It was all based around kind of promoting the lifestyle of, of that community. So I was doing whatever I could without having to actually say, oh yeah, I want to get my rich dad to pay for it. Cause like that's, that's the wrong approach. It's like, it. you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Kinko's, which is a copy center. And we would steal all the copies and make our own zines and be creative. Right. We'd always find different tools. What was in front of us to create music, to be part of the community. And the more you did that and the more you were show, showed that that's, that's where the respect came the in. Respect came, the respect came. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Now, did you ever, did you ever take or ask or was offered, uh, you know, some of the money or some resources from your parents for these things? Well, my father, he would never, he never invested and actually not in any of his, in any of his kids. And that's where like, there's, there's two, I think there's two big, um, like two big mental moments that, that help shape me to where I'm, where I am now, where. I'm utilizing the tools in front of me and figuring out how to get from point A to point B. One was my father's struggle on, on how he made it from really nothing to, you know, to his empire and, and translating that to his kids. I mean, I remember like, you know, when I started my label and this is years later, I was like in my mid early twenties and I was going to his house and he would never pay for a flight. I'm like, dad, can you pay for a fly? I got a DJ gig. It's like paying me $500. And that really was the truth. It's like, why do you want me to pay? You need to work. Yeah. You know? So like, I would always pay for the flights and I was like, oh dad, I need to, I need a uh, FedEx. But how much is the flight? How much would the flight? $500. And the, and the gig was $500. Yeah. So I would travel from California to New York. To New York. And then you, then you had to pay for the hotel. You, had, you probably stayed some days. I right? hated my dad's. So it would be just, it would be a It'll be a yeah. wash or about some right. But like he, you know, he never actually ever invested in Denmark. He never gave me any money. He never really got, got me even presents. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that. And it, it's like he was very much like, uh, you know, he really taught me the hard way. With and I and I never asked him because you just don't ask him because he just doesn't do that. So did he value that you were doing it or did he just not understand you were doing it? I mean, what was his outlook on what you were doing? Because, you know, everybody knows you now from, you know, you know, being one of the, one of the world's most recognized, uh, EDM DJs. And we all hear about the, you know, rocking 30,000 people and all this money, but I don't, I don't think people may understand, uh, you know, that, 
how long did it take where you didn't have anything and you never knew that you were going to make anything? I'll tell you that from, okay, to give like a, like a 10 year period, really, uh, as brief as possible. Yeah. Um, I started my label in 19, I was in college. Um, I started with $400 and a record label, $400, $400, the, all the money that I made in my summer. Like my summer. And how much it cost us to go three days to see you at uh, Coachella? Yeah. <laughs> so I started the label with $400. I parted with two of my friends that put $400 in. We put out the seven inch. And the idea, it was all about the idea. They're like, we don't have any money, but we're just going to go to Kinko's. We're going to steal all the copies. Mm -hmm. We're going to find this. We're going to get a friend to help us here. We're going to sell ourselves literally like from the trunk of our cars to the shows. And we're going to make. 75 cents per every single seven inch we sell. And we're going to literally piggy bake this money to have that money to put on another record until we get to the point where we can get a distributor to pay for it. And so from, from that point on, 96 to 2004, when the Dimock became a business, I was, I finally found a, a way of using other people to help me out without ever having to reach out a handout for my father. So it was I, really important for me to, to know that I could do that and show him I could actually. So I would say that that was a great exercise that I broke. It was eight years. Uh, you did not have resources to have a label marketing, distributing and selling your goods, but you exercised that the, that's a good exercise and the power of broke. You took a small army. And you incrementally grew over the course of eight years, but you also understood the genre very well. So it was people buying into you or they were buying into the music. Which one was, or was it both? So you know how that goes. It's like, oh, it's like, you really are like, I was literally giving block party CDs to like everyone that I saw. I mean, it was, I was that guy. I was literally that guy. And this was even before I was even into DJ. Really? And so I got a DJ in 2003. So a lot like 2003, 2004 was a really kind of like a robust time for me to like all these things were taking off. Dimlock was turning into a business. At the same time, I was maxed out in 10 credit cards and over $90,000 in debt. And I had no idea how to figure out how to pay that off. There's no way to figure out how but, to pay But then what kept you, what kept you going when... Okay, you were selling these records. Uh, we weren't making money, but you were selling these records. It was six, eight years in. You had $90,000 in debt. You were borrowing Robin Peter to pay Paul, right? Yeah. Having a bunch of friends believe in you. What kept you going till this day? Because now it's 2014. Well, quite some time. Th there's a lot of things. Like in 2004, you know, the, you, you have to keep a perception that you're, you're doing great. You know, like, so, so like people believe the brand is powerful. Right. So the brand had this idea that it was this big company. So you saw seeing a movement. Yeah. It's like we, we sold over 80,000 units of block part. We just did a deal with Vice and up to like 350,000 albums through Vice Atlantic system of block parties album. Same time, I actually was still only hiring interns. I had 13 interns in my apartment, 900 square foot apartment. I was spending $500 a month sharing it with my girlfriend at the time. And your girlfriend was living there. Yeah. Did you keep her? Did she stay with you? She stayed with me for a long period of time. And I, eventually we broke up. But um, I mean, the amount of money I was expending was minimal, like $500 for rent, 
uh, car insurance and a rent and an office at the same time. Yeah, yeah. The one, right? And and at thirteen inter- interns from around the world, like I had no idea what some of these people were doing. Like, they're like, yo, can you cook something? Because I don't know what else. You know, and records piled up everywhere. I mean, it was like, it was kind of a really beautiful mess. Yeah. You know, and I, it's like thinking back into that little square foot apartment that was broke out of my mind, and I would dare never to even share this with my father because he would immediately say run away from that you need to get a real job i'll help you by introducing you to people to work for not at benny hannes all right because he didn't want me to work he wanted me to like learn in other companies and i was like no i'm gonna do this i'm like i'm just gonna keep the perception out that things are all good and the thing that saved me was djing 200 dollars a gig sometimes 100 dollars a gig every day than i possibly could and honestly god those little hundred to two hundred dollar gigs saved me well how but how easy was it to get a hundred dollar gig or two hundred did the doors get slammed on you ever did they did you just uh people started following you but normal guys are getting a thousand you would accept 200 what was the the reason why they would give you the 100 200 the only way i could even dj because i was really bad i was i was this is pre-serrata pre-digital playing final i'm barely learning how to beat match okay uh the only way I could even get into a, a bar is if I threw the party myself. <laughs> so I have to actually be the promoter, the DJ, the, the, the organizer, everything. And then I'm on the streets handing out flyers. I mean, imagine Steve Aoki going, oh man, come to my show. I was handing out hats to Steve Aoki. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we're, we're all there. Yeah. We're like, that's what people don't realize. They See David Jaw like boo yeah. boo boo like yeah. all this you know it's the same kind of thing like I was there making the flyers at Kinko's stealing them you know I, yeah. I keep saying that sorry Kinko's but you know it's okay <laughs> but you know that's the truth and then and literally just handing out flyers like okay so I got like my friends to come DJ but they were all in these famous bands because I already had the experience of throwing bands in my living room in Santa Barbara at four hundred fifty bands playing my living room wow. So, in your living room, in the nine hundred square foot. No, in, okay. in my apartment in, okay. in in Santa Barbara. Got it, got it, got it. So when I started throwing these 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 parties in these small eighty capacity bars, it would be like these famous bands are coming through, like Yeah Yeah Yeahs or Interpol or you know the Killers, right. and they would DJ for a hundred dollars because we literally were only making like three hundred dollars. So sometimes I'm like. We just made two water doors. <laughs> oh man, I'm like, you know, and then I do that three times a week. I'm like, I just paid $600. I just paid rent. Yeah. Like, and I just was like, okay, I, I need to start another party. And all of a sudden, like I was, I became like, uh, Dim Mock became the hipster. Like at the time, this is 2004 era. We became the hipster, like that, that, uh, party that, that, that spoke this that about this music. There's no one else that could do what we did. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. 
Thank you to the geniuses of Spoken Audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let me ask you something on the flip side of that. Looking back now of what it took to get here, if your father would have gave you a million dollars and said, please spend it on this label, uh, do you think you could have accomplished the same movement or the same energy and belief uh, with it at that the same following at that time if you just bought a bigger venue, paid all the bands? Absolutely not. Yeah, I would have squandered it. I would have lost it all. I mean, I would have been like, what a failure. But when you have, when you really are in a place where you have to figure out how to add it to perform, you have to perform. And it's, it's, it's less about the money that you're losing. It's about the reputation and the consistency that you want to continue to do. It's like more about your reputation on the line. Then you're going to, you're going to really do your best. And I realize it's, it's also consistency. You know, you have to be consistent and showing that like, okay, we're out doing this one time. We're not here like flash the pen. Yeah. I'm going to represent this culture. I don't represent it every single week. And, yeah. and to the point where people are like, okay, now I want to go to Aoki's party or Dimok, Dimok's party. And then eventually, then I went from throwing parties to learning how to produce. And I started with doing remixes. And that was baby steps as well. You know what I, and I think that, um, and I, I'll give you, I, you know, I had a record label or Google records and about fatty girl and a couple other things, but I think that you brought up something that's very, very a uh, valid point in regards to the power of broke consistency. You see, when, when people have money and things, they say, well, I liked it this time, but you know what? I got to fly someplace. I'm going to have somebody else throw the party for me while I'm gone. And, or, oh, I don't know if the creative's good. I'm going to hire another agency. And that translation gets diluted and the customer sees right through it. Right. So, I mean, you're a perfect example of the power broke, which is, of course, you started with, uh, you know, nothing. You had to gain your respect from a community. Then the business, you had to do what we call proof of concept. You had to sell one record and then sell another one and sell another one and fix each one. And then you basically got this level of confidence in you to then start throwing parties and then seeing where else you can contribute. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody always says, uh, you know, uh, every overnight success has taken 15 years. And, and, you know, when people look at you now, I want them to know that you put in your work and that you exercise the power broke. So, you know, it's, it's like, you said this too, you have to eat shit. You have to eat shit, but like the most important thing is getting up and brushing the dirt off and figuring out how to get back on the market and get better. And then, and then you're going to eat shit again. And then you just got to get it back up and learn from that. Cause if you don't learn from that, then you're just going to, I mean, you know, you're going to always fumble. Yeah. It's just human errors happen. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you said something that I think that all entrepreneurs and uh you know people go through i think that you you hit something that's so real it was called you basically said it was a beautiful mess yeah uh, how do you how do you describe a beautiful mess you know it's was it beautiful at the time yeah um, no 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 because it's it's uh 
Well, see that there's something it's it's there's something about it where yeah, I'm sorry. It it's absolutely beautiful because you're driven by passion and you don't care how much money that you've that you've sunk into it or you that you're investing into it. Right. Because you love it so much and you'll do absolutely anything to make it succeed. Yeah. And and there's so many times, oh my God, so many times when everyone around me is like, stop doing this. <laughs> what are you doing? You just maxed out another card. And I didn't have business managers. I didn't have lawyers. I was like, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a manager. It was just me and my girlfriend. But it's those small milestones too. You just maxed out another card. Yes. But it's those small milestones yeah. that we have as those beautiful messages. Like you right, said, right. two hundred dollars, and then you do it three times. It was six hundred dollars. Right. That um, right, yeah, yeah. It's a mess. It's a, it's a mess, and it's chaotic, and you don't know. You really, you really, truly don't know if you're gonna get you do to make it out alive. You know what? You're not just driving. You're like, I can't let this go, and you know, like I guess it, there is there is that moment where, okay. All right, right, you can let it go back. You know, like, there is that moment that you, like, you can't say that to everyone. Yeah, but, well, you know what, I think there's somewhat other ways to describe it. It's almost like being in love with somebody and it's just a mad love. Like it's it's ups and downs or or even ha having children. You know, you come home, the house is, is a mess, but it's so beautiful. You, right. know, you know what I mean? It's yeah. such a reward. So um, I like that saying, a beautiful mess. And now, now and I want to close it out with, when you say a beautiful message, it, it immediately makes me think of when I when I roll with you at concerts, the pretty girl in front who has a sign saying "Cake Me," and you 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 hit her with a three pound cake that she's wearing the rest of the night. That's a beautiful message. Yeah, that, Where did you start? Where did the cake concept come up? Well, I know you can ask that. Oh right no, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, the most important thing behind the cake concept is is uh just the level of entertainment that I, because I was DJing for a while, you know, and um, I remember I played Coachella. This is the second time I played Coachella, 2009. And this is the first time that I thought of bringing entertainment to my show. And I brought out these rafts and I had like, I was jumping in them and people were jumping in them. And, and I remember like, you know, the next issue of Rolling Stone magazine, it shows up like this Coachella spread. And I was a small DJ, right? So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be Rolling Stone. But all of a sudden, there's Paul McCartney. There's like, you know, some other big star. Then there's me in a raft. <laughs> and I'm like, I made the Rolling Stones spread. Like, wow. Small DJ yeah. making the spread. And and I was like, you know, people love like seeing this. It's a spectacle. And it, it brings this level of energy and entertainment to the show. So I started doing the raft every show. And I, and I did that for years. And in 2011, I was like, I need to bring a new element to the show. And um, I saw this music video of these cakes exploding in people's spaces in super slow motion, cinematic amazingness. Because it's just like, you know, people blowing up candles out. I'm like, I am going to cake someone at a show while playing that music video. Like that song in the music video. It'll be a great, like, tie it. Right. The thing is that no one really got that. Like they, they, like when I played the song, I was promoting one of my artists. And I'm thinking, who was the first person to see you up there with a cake and go, all right, hit me with it. Well, the good thing is, is that I, I wanted to make it viral. So I, I remember, I think it, this might not be the first time, 
but there is like, there is a video back in 2011, I think it was in May. And, um, I like show the video to my videographer and I, and I walked around and people at this time in 2011, they did not know what I was doing with the cake, but you walk around enough and you show people the cake. There's going to be one crazy wants <laughs> it. And there he was right there. And I was like, all right, let's make this special. So I got my video guys there and I was just like, and everyone's just like watching what's going to happen. Everyone stops to stop conversations to see like this, like what's going to happen. Right. So I cake him, he's going wild. And then that's like the, the ultimate, the ultimate is like, you want to see what he looks like afterwards. Yeah, exactly. That's what you want to see. <laughs> like the act is cool, but it's like the aftermath is what's the best part. So, and then we, we posted that video up. Would viral, wow. and then it just started, you know, becoming, you know, part of the show. And man, you know what? In the show, you exercise the power broke all the time. Listen, either I have to spend ninety thousand dollars to get a page in Rolling Stone, or I have to sell five million records. And you know what you did? You bought a raft, right? Uh, when when not as many people knew you right. now, exactly. You are broke, and then you cake people. Yeah. I love it. All right, man. But thank you. Thanks for. That Moment with Damon John is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from the Black Effect Podcast Network, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite show. And don't forget to subscribe to and rate the show. And of course, you can all connect with me on any of my social media platforms at the Shark Damon, spelt like Raymond, but what a D. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. 
Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.